All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is Ricky from the Golden Goal Podcast here with Carlos Gomez, and we're going to jump straight in about Messi's con- uh, Messi not being happy with Bar- Bartomeu and the and the board at Barcelona. So, Bartomeu. Bartomeu. I hate, I hate him. <laughs> I hate him more than ever. I'm not a Barcelona fan, but if you're an owner of a soccer team and you're not doing, you know, bringing success to the team and not bringing the morality up, everybody's going to hate you no matter what. So, Carlos, kick it off. Well, the biggest news that we've heard this weekend was that Lionel Messi has officially stopped his contract talks with FC Barcelona, and his contract is set to expire next year. This also has been linked to many rumors that he will now be looking to a transfer, thanks to Bartomeu's mess that he's created at FC Barcelona. Yeah, that's insane. Like, Messi, like, he's 33 years old now, right? 33? Yep, 33. Okay, there you go, 33. And... For him to officially stop contract talks, like not even a two-year extension, not even a one-year extension, and it all came down to Bartomeu, like that's really bad. You're a whole, you're the club that's you know based around Lionel Messi, and it's gonna end from there. Like, come on. Like, I mean, I'm having issues thinking about Lionel Messi retiring one day and not having him in the team anymore through retirement. I can't picture this team losing him. And him not extending his contract, it's just like it, it really fathoms my mind. And, like, you know, just to see the reality about this team, how Bartomeu has destroyed this team. Uh, he had one good year in 2015 when they, when they won the trouble with Luis Enrique and everything was flowing fine. But now just to see this team in shambles. You saw a decline in the season after. Yeah, they weren't that convincing anymore. They weren't that convincing at all. They were playing good, but like you could definitely tell that there was something going on with the team. Like background locker room wasn't there. Like yeah, the spirits. It, it seemed there it, little by little the crumbling definitely started, and now just to see that the main key of this team may be leaving, or thinking about it, it that's kind of hard to really take in for me as a Barca fan, definitely. Yeah. No, yeah, it, it actually is. Like, even, you know, I'm not a Barcelona fan. I mean, I, I do support Real Madrid, but at the end of the day, it's just, even as an Arsenal fan, when you look at the bad board um, that we've been experiencing over the last few years at Arsenal, you really have to think about, you know, we have to get these people out and, you know, see new leadership in the board. Like, you know, can we get a manager that we can actually back and someone we can trust handling our players? Like, it's this is, this is something that has to be being you know if you want to keep messy and keep the tradition alive you got to get rid of the board i definitely agree with you there and one of the things that i find the most embarrassing about this board how can you have had one successful signing well it was about a total of two successful signings in 2014 and after that it's all been failures our last two good signings for this team was mark terstegen which is our now our official goalkeeper and Ivan Rakitic, who should, who plays midfield. After the, that... Out of the many transfers that's happened, these are the only two success stories. Like, Arthur was becoming the successor, but now it's becoming, you know, the the stain of the team because, like, you had a young player with a lot of potential. It was, it was already a proven player, and now he just left for an older player that's already in decline. I wouldn't even call Arthur the stain of the team. I would call him Bar- Bartomeu's biggest failure in the fact that he was willing to let this young player go just to make himself look good and say, you know what, but I cleaned up the mess that we had financially. Mm -hmm. It's like, dude, 
this isn't this hasn't been for the last year. This has had years in the making. You should have left years ago mm-hmm. if you saw this was coming. You saw you weren't doing a good job. Hey, we get it. Some sometimes this stuff isn't easy. You could have just counted your bless, count your losses, and said, "Hey, you know what? I messed up. My bad. I'm out." And like, how do you want to stay in the club when? You know, the, all the fans all over all over the world want to kick you out because you're not, you know, trying to change anything, not even please the fans a little bit. Like, if him keeping Arthur, um, that would have literally helped them at least a little bit and would have given them some credit to at least stay in the club. But, you know, him, him just leaving, that transfer just happening is like literally the turning point of Barcelona. Like, you might say Messi stopping the contract talks, but what led him to do that? Arthur. You know, uh, uh, definitely. I more than that. I think it's the board yeah. and all their bad moves, because if you cannot support this team to give them the supportive cast that they need, then why should you stay? And ultimately, Barcelona under Bartomeu, Barcelona left their identity. Mm-hmm. This team was known for carrying a lot of youth players and having at least one or three older players around, like. If I looked at this team today under a different uh, president that kept our old traditions, a lot of these players would not be there. No, they wouldn't. <laughs> um, the only ones that I honestly see staying behind are Messi, Luis Suarez, and Ivan Rakitic. And why these three? Because obviously Messi and Suarez, they're the top three. In the, they're the top that make that top three. And also, Messi is the key, and Suarez is the goal scorer. Mm-hmm. Also, and... And the midfield, Rakitic knew the system. He he gives a lot of heart. He knows a lot of knowledge. I just see him sticking around as a veteran, more than likely not having a lot of game time, but teaching these players mm. the midfield. This is how you play Barcelona style. Go do it. Yeah, like he like that Rakitic player in Messi could be just one of those players that like maybe stay in the bench, but they're or they're in the background of the team, but they're there to push the team no matter what, as you know, veterans and like. They look over these people, these players. Yeah, definitely. But what's crazy is that as soon as that contract, what the Messi contract talks stopped, we now saw the report that Messi could be heading to Manchester City. Although this transfer has been talked about for many, many years, is it likely? Or what's your what's your thoughts on that? Here's the scary part. This makes a lot of sense, and it could actually go through. It makes a lot of sense for both sides. Well, I kind of take it back. It makes 50% chance, 50% uh, sense. And let me say why. Because Manchester City is not going to be in the Champions League for the next couple of years because of that suspension ban that they had. So that kind of right there makes me really if, iffy about it. Like, oh, Messi, re- Messi really wants to win another Champions League. And he can't win it there for two years, so it's kind of like on a freeze. Yeah. And I kind of see myself Messi retiring after the World Cup. Like, I think he's just waiting for the 2220. As a last last chance. Yeah, last chance. Give it one last whirl. See if he can get it. But at the same time, it makes kind of sense because Pep Guardiola is the head coach. Yeah. And Messi played his best soccer under Guardiola. So at the same time, it makes a lot of sense to me because of Guardiola being there. However, the Manchester City not being able to play a Champions League, that just kind of makes it null and void for me. And also, oops, 
right, sorry about that. I got a phone call from a friend. Um, it was a pretty long conversation, but we're back. But Manchester City being void from the Champions League. And that's how is that transfer going to happen if Messi wants to leave Barcelona and still wants to play Champions League? You know, like he's still competing with Ronaldo in terms of goals and assists and appearances. Like, you know, like that's not going to sit well with anybody who wants to play Champions League football. Like, what's your take on that? Again, I just find this transfer very hard because of the fact that he can't even play the Champions League. And even if he were to go to Manchester City and still do great, people are still going to discredit him because of the fact that he's not in the Champions League, the biggest tournament in all of Europe. So ultimately, that's why I don't. That's why I think it's fifty-fifty a good move, fifty percent because Pep is there, but fifty percent no Champions League, no biggest tournament. All you're going to do is win the Premier League for two years. Yeah, uh, it, it's kind of weird too, but also like if Messi were to go to the Premier League with Manchester City at the age of 33, when the Premier League is already tough enough as it is, do you think he can make it? Because it's kind of rough for uh, like an, a player at that age, especially at Messi's like height and body weight and all that. Like, can he make it in that physicality? I think he can. Definitely. Uh, Guardiola's a mastermind. He'll definitely, his system was there to benefit Messi. So he's going to go to a system that really benefits him. I think ultimately this is just, it'll be in the best, in his best interest if he were to go to Manchester City or if he were to stay in Barcelona. So ultimately, I don't think it's a bad move. I think it's a very good move. The only bad move that I see is Manchester City's not going to the Champions League. Yeah, it's just a weird transfer. I mean, I don't, I don't want to say I don't see it happen because like, you know, he did work really well under Pep Guardiola. What if, you know, we see another Messi but working well at that age under Pep Guardiola with, like, no Champions League football? Like, I don't want to say I don't want to discredit it, but with Pep Guardiola giving him the best time of his life at that time, it could happen again. Oh, definitely. But uh, I still think Messi should be aiming for the Champions League. He should still be. I mean, that's that's – the big ears trophy you still want to fight for that like of course like if you're a kid and you're in you know 12 years from later like you know like us right now like you still want to get a hold of the champions like no matter where you're at definitely the champions league is the biggest championship there is you could win so. I mean, at club level to be fair yes um but i don't know but it could be debatable to be honest if it's the most important tournament to win now a lot of people. It's funny you. It's funny you bring that up because I remember thinking about this a couple of years ago. It's like, is the World Cup the biggest trophy to win, or is the Champions League, or is it just in their own category? They're both like, because a lot of people like to say the Copa America is the biggest trophy to win. Maybe in South and maybe an international level, you know. You also got the Euro. I also got the Euro too, but but a lot of people like discredited that as as well. Like you have to be biased, a European biased person, you know. Yeah. But, I mean, they're both two very competitive tournaments, but we're getting a little off topic here. <laughs> so uh, uh, that's definitely a good conversation to uh, to touch prestige. on. Yeah, definitely. But um, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I mean, honestly, I, I personally, for me, the Champions League is the biggest trophy to win because if you're an Arsenal fan, we have never touched it. <laughs> I think it's the biggest win, one to win as well because that's what everyone is aiming to win nowadays is yeah. the Champions League. In year in year out, that's what the tournament. That's what these new players want. Uh, Champions League. Oh, exactly. Like, and also it's just like we love seeing an underdog go through. Like, remember in twenty fourteen in the World Cup, 
um, Costa Rica was like the underdog. Nobody thought about them at all. Heck, they almost eliminated the Netherlands in penalties. Yeah, and then like uh, last year we had Ajax almost reaching the final. Definitely, yeah. So it's just like, I don't know, but I mean, honestly to me, they're both to me the biggest trophies. Like if you're at club level, the Champions League is the trophy you want to win, but also the World Cup you also want to win if you're like the top player, you know, based on what people think of you. I can debate that. <laughs> but back to our original topic, though, I find it part of me finds it really hard to leave, though, because for Messi to leave Barcelona, because he has truly become the face of Barcelona over the years. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I know that he really wants to do is sit down with the presidential candidates for the club, see exactly what's going to happen, what are their plans, and maybe they, and that'll lead to the decision about the contract extension and see if maybe they can light this new fire under him because despite everything that's been going on, I I do see, I don't see a Messi that's arrogant. I don't see a Messi that is wanting to underachieve. I see a Messi that's frustrated, frustrated with everything that's going on around the club um, and stuff that he can't control because he wants to win it. Ultimately he wants to win and definitely this team is not getting him that. Yeah, honestly, but next year we're going to see an election and what the Barcelona board, if we start to see that um, Bartomeu and the board are like likely to leave because they're going to be voted out, would you think Barcelona might, I mean Barcelona, Messi might stay? I think if definitely the right person comes in and has the right plan, I see him staying. Definitely. It's going to really take something like a Bartomeu too for him or Bartomeu regaining that election for him to not li- for him to leave. And we also got to real but the players also should also know before, you know, they decide to leave. What's what's the the president and the board like what's their track record like? Like it's similar where like they screw their own team over but, you know, without realizing or something like that, you know, like cuz um didn't didn't we say that uh, Icardi wanted to go to not Icardi Lautaro wanted to go to Barcelona yeah he does yeah so it's just like what if he just goes into Barcelona and then the board just ends up screwing him over you know exactly it's like, all about timing I mean for for Lautaro it could be a great timing because of the 2021 elections coming in so that might keep him safe but ultimately the timing I still feel is not right say give it another year and we'll see where we're at. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But, I mean, ah, man, this is kind of a scary situation. Like, it's like, cause it's just like, uh, what's one player? I mean, Steven Gerrard was at Bar- uh, Liverpool his whole career. It was scary to see, for Liverpool fans, to see him potentially leave because it's just like he was the face of Liverpool. And now that, that they got a, you know, Liverpool at that time got a reshuffle or re- uh, of the board and everything. Gerard did leave, and then, you know, we started to see Liverpool become more successful now, you know? Could it be the similar situation with Barcelona if that happens? Eventually, I think it's going to have to happen because we cannot rely on Messi for the rest of our lives. He's only human, and he's bound to retire soon. So, ultimately, I think the new president and new head coach are definitely going to plan for that, which means looking at that transfer window, picking that one player that's going to be your new face. Yeah. 
Um, in my opinion, I would say Pablo Dybala is going to be the one to do it eventually. I think he'll be the one to cover and come in and fill those shoes. I can definitely see him doing it. I think very highly of him. But time will tell. Huh. That's, that's pretty good. But I don't know. But with the elections going on, oh, that's going to happen next year. You did write down right here that uh, Messi plans to talk with presidential candidates to see what do they have to with the club. That's honestly a really good move because you you should also know you know what, like what do they have to offer, but also not just talk to them because they might butter you up. Um, I would say have one of his lawyers or his agents look at the track record, you know, at the candidates. Oh yeah, definitely. See what they're gonna bring in. See what plans they have for the club. See what plans they have for La Masia. Who is going to be the head coach? What do they want to do? And ultimately, what are their goals? Yeah. It, it, it's weird, but... Hmm. I don't know. The only pl- uh, the only person I could think who could come into Barcelona and kind of, like, maybe change things a little bit might be Ivan Gazidis, who is AC Milan's current board member. But then again, AC Milan's kind of in a shithole right now, so... Yeah, I don't want that happening. <laughs> but, I mean, uh, he, he is kind of improving AC Milan a little bit based on his transfers and the money that's going in. But I don't know. Can he keep the Barcelona tradition alive if he happens to run for Barcelona president? Uh, I don't know. But his track record at AC Milan is not the bre- the best. However, I know Victor Font. I spoke to him about, I spoke about him last time. And I know that he's wanting to become president. And he has good plans for La Masia, and he's wanting to bring Xavi Hernandez as head coach. Xavi would be an amazing head coach. Like it would actually bring back a lot of you know morality up and a lot of the old spiritual ways of Barcelona back. More than anything, I think Xavi would demand respect. He would honestly. It's the same thing with Arteta right now because Arteta is back at Arsenal, and he was club captain, and then left to Manchester City. You know when he retired and came back with coaching experience. Um, he is honestly changing the way how Arsenal train and their mentality. Instead of just messing around or you come late to practice like any other coach, he would literally make you either spin the wheel like they have at Arsenal right now. And as a punishment, you clean the whole locker room. You um, help out with the stadium, with the with other things, like annoying things to make sure you don't do bad things again. So he might, yeah. he might actually help La Masia and, you know, Give Barcelona, like, you know, don't screw around. You know, this is yeah. how it wasn't like back in the day, you know? Definitely. I think Xavi. And I'm hoping even Carles Puyol comes in there and does something with the new president. I know that he was offered a, sport, a sporting director job, but he turned it down because he doesn't like the new board either. So it's not just like uh, like me complaining about the board. It's not new generation fans. Even old former legends want nothing to do right now with Barcelona. You got to. And uh, that's, that says a lot. Definitely, especially Puyol, who loves this team. Like, he was the one player, like, when he was captain, he didn't want nobody messing around because that's how much he loved this team. Definitely. But it's like, even now, Puyol to say no to Barcelona, yeah, that tells you something's being really done wrong. So, in my opinion, I officially think with Victor Font maybe coming in and Xavi coming in, maybe we could see Carlos Puyol come in there. Maybe the old players back in the day. Who knows? Maybe because... Ronaldinho is a, a global ambassador for Barcelona. What if he gets a board member? And, you know, it it kind of, like, gives you the old Barcelona ways, like the ones we grew up with. Maybe, but Ronaldinho has a bit of a partier, so 
that's not a good influence. I would like more someone like Puyol who would basically lay down the law. And I was say, just getting ahead of myself. No. We love the idea of seeing these old players back together. We do. <laughs> you know who? Even Rafa Marquez. Oh. Man. I would uh, Don't definitely. Get me started, man. I, I could definitely see him doing something there. Like Victor Valdez could imagine. What if we see David Villa back? <laughs> definitely, these players who actually care about the sport, uh, Victor Valdez. I could definitely see him working with the youth. I know he's very passionate about that. That's something he really wants to do. And uh, Rafa Marquez, who has love for Barcelona, uh, definitely I could see him definitely making some good moves, helping this team improve. If anything, it just rejuvenate the whole club to like. Back to like Mexican Mexican club model. Yes, definitely. I definitely agree with the with those board members. I agree with what you're saying. I would definitely like to see something. Some people like that. Someone who's also who has a vision, but is not going to be afraid to lay down the law. Definitely. You know, it's all based on principle too. Because I mean, Ajax also lived through their whole tradition, like you know the Johan Cruyff style. Um, what is it? What is it? The formation they play like well, four, four, three, three, three. Yeah, there you go. Like they still do that, and if anything has been working back with them, like they've been reworking with the squad, reworking with the board. So it's just hopefully we see the same thing too with Barcelona. But look at Ajax. Johan Cruyff had a special style, and it relied on one thing only: work with your youth players, because. I remember when Jordan Cruyff went to help out in Guadalajara, they did not want to rely on their youth players. That's why their plans never worked out. That's what makes Ajax so successful. Look at Ajax right now when they were the underdog. A lot of those players were young. Mm-hmm. You didn't have a lot of old players. That goes something big to say right there. Work with your mm-hmm. Youth. Yeah, isn't the IX average age like 26 years old or 22, like around that margin? Yeah. Yeah, so it's just, what, what does that tell you? Like for a team that lost in the semifinal in the last minute, like what does that tell you? Like, and their captain was only 19 years old. Yeah. So it's just, wow, like, you know, I um, it brings me hope for Barcelona. Like even though like you might say, you know, oh, but aren't you a Real Madrid fan? We want to see teams like these traditional teams like thrive. You know? Yeah, definitely. So, you definitely want to see these teams thrive. You definitely want to see them on the top of the, the of the board. And it's also great seeing, you know, you know, younger teams with like lesser less money or whatever, like shoot for the stars like Leicester City, you know. But um overall, um with the what we said, you know, hopefully I mean I doubt they'll listen to us, but I mean what what what, what we've read and seen, um hopefully these elections coming up next year for Barcelona ends up helping them in the long run. Definitely, because there's going to be a lot of planning to do as much as this, the core of this team is going to be leaving in the next few years. Oh, definitely, definitely. But now now that we've touched on all these topics, so we're going to wing it on this topic, but the MLS is starting very soon. But the scary thing that now that you know we're seeing coronavirus cases jump up a lot a lot more like we're now a hot spot um eight players from fc dallas including their own manager just today from what i've read have tested positive and they're going to opt out in the mls's back tournament so what do you have to say about that carlos <laughs> i'm surprised it hasn't been canceled especially since the tournament's going to be held in florida yeah. and the cases have been up in there lot. I think there are to reach what a hundred thousand cases, if 
We're at 130 now, 130K, I believe. So, yeah, I'm surprised this tournament hasn't been canceled. Yeah, but it's bad when a whole club has to opt out now. Definitely. I think that's a wake-up call to the MLS. I think definitely it's just there shouldn't be continuing anymore. I mean, do I want to see soccer here in the U.S.? Yeah. Do I like the MLS? Of course. But nothing against the U.S. soccer. But ultimately, I think right now it's more safety of the athletes, safety of the people. Mm. Even though the recovery rate is great. Like we've known for this virus, it's like a 92% recovery rate. Ultimately, though, why risk it? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, we don't want to see these players get coronavirus and potentially hurt their own family like who knows what's going on and their lives i mean we shouldn't jump into that you know their own personal lives but like based on health we care about people's health they shouldn't be at all playing when a bunch of players are getting cases now ultimately it does not even that if i want to see a soccer game i want to see these players playing at 100 percent. and also we want to be there with them supporting them in the stands yeah uh ultimately i want to see them playing at 100 percent. i want to be there I don't want to see them having ass games. And ultimately, that's when I would question the authenticity of this tournament. Yes. I would question the prestige of it. Is it going to be prestigious? Is it going to be worth anything? Or is this just going to be a kick around tournament? Hey, we had fun. We have a champion now. Woo! We had now. Like, what if we see Philadelphia Union win the MLS? You're like, what? They won? <laughs> right. You know, it's just going to be the weirdest year of our lives in terms of soccer as well. I definitely agree. I just, I I think it's going to be a, the weirdest year of all, in general, of all sports. I think I, I, for now, at least in the U.S., all sports should be canceled at least till 2021. And then we could definitely relook at things then. I would say at least till early 2021 if we see, you know, uh, whatever mandates have been happening or whatever. And if we see start cases, cases going down. You know, hopefully we can let a certain amount of people come in at the stadium and support, you know? Oh, yeah, definitely. And ultimately that, too. Um, if cases start going down, then start definitely start bringing up the sports little by little. But we'll see. Time will tell. We'll see. But um, but that brings us to the end of the podcast. Um, we hope you enjoyed. Um, if anything, if um, leave us a comment. Um, if What do you want to listen? What do you want to hear us talk about? And we'll cover that. And um, this is Ricky. You know, and I'm going to say for next week, that'd be a great debate, though. These titles and their prestigiousness, the World Cup, the UEFA Champions League, <laughs> Copa America. Why not? Let's have the debate. No, but yeah, but. Are, <laughs> are these titles really that prestige? Which ones are the prestigious ones? <laughs> but this is Ricky. This is Carlos as well. And this is the Golden Gold Podcast. And thank you for listening. Thank you.